Welcome to Greener Fields with me, your host, Hannah Nash. Here, I'll be chatting with people all around the world about the realities of life in your 20s and 30s, especially regarding what life is like living in Ireland or abroad. The good, the bad, the funny and the ugly, and everything else in between to help you decide whether the grass is always greener on the other side or just greener wherever you water it. Enjoy! Chloe, you are very welcome to Greener Fields. How are you getting on? Thanks so much, Hannah. Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I am doing very well. I've just finished a little day of work and it's currently an absolute storm. I'm sure you're being blown away down in Kerry. Yeah, but... <laughs> blown away. It's so bad down here as well. Yeah. Well, it, I was about my kind of one of my first questions is, you know, whereabouts in the world are you? Um, but you are in County Kerry, am I right? Yeah, yeah, I'm Clarny, beautiful part of the country, very lucky. Um, so I'm here at the moment and actually getting ready to go to Australia next week. Um, yeah, so big move on the way. But yeah, I'm in Kerry, I'm from Kerry, from Clarny. Um, and yeah, I've been living here for the last oh, oh, 20 or 18 odd years. Yeah, yeah. So originally from Cork, moved to Clarny when I was eight and I'm 26 now. So that'll give you an idea of how long I've been living here. Amazing. And I think, you know, there's so much that you've mentioned there that we are going to be chatting about, particularly that kind of next week, Australia, living in Cork, Kerry and everything like that. But before we get into this conversation, and and it's one that I'm really, really looking forward to, I would love if you wouldn't mind telling me a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So like you said, I'm Chloe. Um, I'm from Killarney. I'm 26 and I am a health researcher. Um, so that's my career. My background's in public health. And so very passionate about all areas of health and well-being. And tied into that, then um, I recently launched my own mental health promotion business. So I suppose that's how we came across each other, really. Um, so Compassionate Co was the name of the business. And it does exactly what it says in the tin, like it's mental health promotion. Um, so that launched in May of year and so yeah that's a little bit about me my background and where I'm from amazing and again there's so many so many hints in the beginning of this conversation (laughs) about things we're going to go into and definitely compassionate co is definitely something that I'm personally very fascinated and invested in um coming from a similar area of interest to you um but kind of before we get like we get started into the kind of the bigger parts of the conversation to get to know people I love asking them about their kind of experience of travel or adventure when it, when they were younger. So for example, some people, um, they their families are re- really pro-travel and they get every opportunity, they, they took it. Um, they went away for college and they became more independent. And for other people, it may have taken a little bit longer. Maybe their sense of independence and adventure isn't necessarily tied into travel or emigration or things like that. Maybe it can be quite separate. Um, And I'd love to hear about, you know, maybe some of your first experiences of this idea of, you know, I guess, travel, adventure, outside, things like that, that from the outside, from looking in on your world and your life and your social media, I can see that you're quite interested in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I suppose as I was growing up, like we would have... As a family, we would have definitely gone on holidays that would have been like outside of your typical Spain for a week. Um, like I remember there was one particular holiday that we went on through my teenage years mm-hmm. and it wasn't like my parents. We just went, we flew to Bordeaux and we had no plan. And we were there for, I think it was about two weeks, between 10 days and two weeks. And we rented a car and I drove from the west side of France all the way down to the south. And we were just like booking in places 
um, one night at a time. And like, I loved the sense of adventure and like the amount of the country that we saw in that short time um, and just the memories that were made during it. And um, But yeah, we would have done a little bit of travel as we were growing up, but I suppose really my, like, I th- it, it was really my early 20s, I suppose I started going on holidays, but it was more like that just weekend breaks and look again being in college and that obviously being able to afford it and stuff um but my draw really for travel Hannah it's only come this year like I really throughout my 20s I suppose I've always been so career focused and that's something that I still um that's just part of my personality but um the draw for travel has really only come this year I think and that sense of adventure and okay I need to go I need to do it like I think this is the first year that I've really had that draw and that I felt like it I feel like it's my time now and mm-hmm. um, hence the big move that's coming um but yeah so I would have traveled a bit throughout my teenagers 20s trips here and there um and then this year is the big one yeah so <laughs> that gives you a sense yeah I think, no I think you know it's it's so interesting because yeah this idea of of things changing when we're a little bit older like I sometimes think maybe we think when it's like if if we're not if it's not something that that's necessarily within us that we're 21 well then it's too late like maybe then maybe you're set in stone things Mm. won't change but for you this kind of you know you you were exposed to travel you were exposed to adventure Mm. but at 26 for you and not saying that's old or anything like that but for Mm. 26 you decided that actually something did change and this kind of one um for kind of travel and adventure grew and and is do you have any sense of maybe where that came from was it something like social media was it the post-pandemic life what changed in that sense that maybe you know maybe kind of helped push you in this direction to let's get on let's book a flight yeah yeah so like I suppose over the last number of years like I've done a lot of um like self-reflection and work on myself and that and I had a surgery at the beginning of this year and after the surgery I suppose I was forced to just stop mm-hmm. and and slow down and like just do nothing and, and for me that period was such a period of reflection mm-hmm. and I had time to think about what makes me light up and what doesn't mm-hmm. and I kind of had that time to identify okay I love I love seeing new places I love experiencing new things I love meeting new people I also you know love the likes of my work my research and that and I just said that when you know this surgery came along and, and look work life was going great for me and everything but as like deep as it sounds we never know what's around the corner and for me that you know that rug being pulled from underneath me I was like geez like life is just so short and precious and there is so much more that I want to see and do and experience that I haven't done so far. Mm-hmm. And it was really that period of reflection that I was like, you know what, this is my time. Like you never know what's around the corner. I'm just going to take the bull by the horns and do it. And I was back. I was, I was off work for about 10 weeks after the surgery and the week or two after I went back, I just applied for a career break. I was like, this is, this is it. Like it was literally just a switch. Like, and I think that people would say that sometimes things need to happen for them to, to realize what's important to them, I suppose. And for me, I was like, look, this is something that's for me now and it's my time and let's do it. So that that was it really, yeah. 
for for those people who who may not know you know what what this kind of this kind of motivating factor this rug that was pulled up beneath you to give a little bit of context to this, this decision would you mind telling us a little bit about um yeah what happened yeah yeah sure so I was in um, a car accident seven years ago now at this point and I broke my back in that accident and I had a lot of um a lot of serious injuries like I perforated my bowel and there was lots of broken bones in that and recovered really well and um, but the I had a lot of chronic pain really over the, the the years that followed particularly in the back region because there was a huge amount of damage done and the surgery that I had at the beginning of this year was another major spinal surgery um so hopefully it's the last um, and I'm doing really really good like you know what it was actually a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. um I think that I had to go and have it because I, my back has never been better so it's amazing like the way these things happen and you're devastated but you know there's huge positives that come afterwards as well so um that was that was what it was I was in the car accident and and a lot of surgeries and that followed um but uh yeah that it was a spinal surgery at the beginning of this year that I had to go for the perspective that that can give you I'm sure is something that you know we mm. we, we probably would like to think that we don't need to, to, to be able yeah. to make those changes. But so, like you said just a few minutes ago, that sometimes these things are the kind of instigator for bigger change or for, um, you know, recognizing that like we really don't know as as deep and dark and sad as it sounds, we really don't know what's around the corner. There's nothing guaranteed. Um, yeah. And when we hear that, for me, it's really interesting is is, is your kind of your role and, and your your career to date and you mentioned being career focused and again it's something we actually haven't spoken too much about on this podcast and I think touching on being in your early 20s and career focused and and that kind of you know passion for health and mental health and and what happened to you seven years ago it sounds like it's something that's very kind of connected you know when it comes to your passion for health for research for subsequently then mental health promotion things like that can you tell me a little bit about, is that something that you, you know, did you always know what you wanted to be? Did you always know or did that this, that you were going to be focused on your career when you were in your early twenties or did that just suddenly happen and you wake up one day and then that was the way it was? I suppose personality wise, I've always been someone that's been like quite motivated, hardworking, determined. And I'm very much one of my traits would be, I really want to do things to the best of my ability so I suppose from that you could say yeah I probably always knew that I was going to you know try Mm -hmm. to do well in my career and and that but Mm -hmm. the the interest in health was always there but I never I didn't particularly like public health wasn't my first choice I'll put it that way Mm -hmm. and I nutritional science is my first choice and got public health and went into it and I just think it's so funny, like even the way that you you said there, you know, the health and, and everything that happens. This path that we're on, like I think everything happens for a reason. And I absolutely was meant to do public health 100 percent, because now when I look back, these research skills and that, you know, you, you know, yourself having done the, the master's in public health, it's very research heavy. And you were, were really experts in that field. And, and there are a specific set of skills that you obtain. Um, they were meant to be used to inform what I do in Compassionate Co. You know what I mean? So um, I think that, yeah, look, I've always been someone that's been career focused. Was it a straight path? Or was, you know, did I follow the exact path that I thought that I would? No. But has it got me to somewhere and to be in a position in my career that I absolutely love? Absolutely, yes. So I think that that path sometimes 
you know, we can be thrown like that after the leaving search if we don't get what we want in that. But um, I just, I'm such a believer in what is meant for you won't pass you. And I think that it's so true. And in particular this year, I'm looking back and I'm like, geez, everything that, every path that I've been put on, I've meant, I was meant to be on, you know, even if they were challenging or whatever. So, um, yeah, long-winded answer, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and I say to everyone, I, that's my screensaver on my phone is what's for you on past. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Because I, I, I'm a really, really big believer in it. And when I talk to people for this podcast or in life in general, it just mm. reinforces the fact that it's not just true for me. It's also true for everyone else. Like what's for them won't pass them by. Mm. Um, And that gives me some sort of comfort. It's like we're all just it's just it's going to happen the way it does. And, and I think if we stop resisting too much, we can have a little bit more of a self-compassionate life in the kind of sense of, yeah, it's just, it's just these things, these things, it, it's funny. It's when we when, like, these things will connect the dots looking backwards a lot easier mm. than they are looking forwards. Um, Absolutely. I love and, that. Yeah. And when you're talking about your career and things like that, it's like in hindsight, this makes sense. Maybe at the time, like we, you know, the pressure we put on ourselves in the leaving cert the pressure that's put on us on the leaving cert and trying to figure out what you're going to do at 18 is it's a lot to handle it is and if I speak to any of my friends now who are like 25 26 27 it's like they've changed their careers they've made they've made different decisions they're, they've gone traveled the world you know it's very infrequent to be honest that I'm talking to someone who was had this 10-year plan and followed it directly like that happens but very infrequently if I'm being honest and you know you've mentioned it a few times and I would love to 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 know so much more about it is is your business and compassionate and co and where it came from I guess yeah where where it came from firstly before we figure out you know what it does and everything else in between yeah so it actually happened quite organically Hannah to be honest like I had um I had learned like going just rewind back a couple of years like I was probably the most unself-compassionate person you could meet and just for people that aren't familiar with the concept it's being kind to yourself through difficult or challenging emotion mm-hmm. or thought and I was one of these people that was you know quite hard on myself and learned the concept and started to become I was fascinated at how good you would feel when if you were putting yourself down and saying, I'm not good enough, I can't do this. If you just switch the narrative, replace it with crying phraseology, acknowledge how that that negative thought was making you feel and replace it with something else that, you know, being kinder to yourself, speaking to yourself like you would a friend, you would feel better. You wouldn't, you really, really wouldn't. It, that taps into different caregiving systems. I could talk about this all day, but I became fascinated the long and short of it as to how this concept was supporting my own mental well-being and I began to research it and looked into it and I I subsequently learned it with this self-compassion and there was a framework to it and when I got the news about the spinal surgery um I looked for a journal that would help me to give myself some compassion during what I knew would be a, a difficult time and there wasn't one so I developed a journal um, to help people to cultivate compassion, inward self-compassion and got the input of some clinical therapists. And the journal was the primary, I suppose, point and the the first, my first baby of the business. And I launched it in May of this year. I also trained to be a breathwork um, facilitator and that has since come into the business. And really, I think the overall you know the the fundamental thing within with compassionate co is 
it's to empower people to support themselves and to allow themselves to build mental resilience and you know on public health we advocate for this upstream approach and that's prevention over treatment and that is really what I like to think Compassionate Co is about is to give people these tools to prevent and to support themselves mentally like in the form of journaling learning self-compassion or breath work doing some breath work um to reset your nervous system and so that's in a nutshell what it is um empowering people, giving them tools to support and also then just promoting the open discussion on mental well-being and the importance of it. Um, and, you know, if there is days that you're struggling, that's fine. That's completely normal. And to remove that sense of isolation that still is kind of there a little bit around it. Um, so that's what it is. Um, so I hope that gives a little bit of a feel for what the business is about and what it entails. Well, you've absolutely nailed the um, elevator pitch, which is perfect. So that is like everyone else absolutely nailed it. And I think it's it's a really interesting, really interesting concept. And I, mm. as I always do, I do my my proper stalking of the people before I come online. And I went all the way back to the beginning of the Instagram page and everything mm. like that. And what I love about your approach to it is that it is it is really how I would describe it is that it is it is like scientific it's backed by research it, it makes sense as a health researcher but it's it's also like delivered in a way that's for the general population like it's like you don't have to be a health researcher you don't have to be working in public health to understand what you're trying to do with compassion and co and yeah. I think that's really really important it's a really I think that's that's where that upstream approach is where for, for people listening it's like you're trying to help people before they get sick so it's like prevention prevention um and support and kind of conversations and that's kind of where those things it's before people get sick it's like what mm. can we do to, to make them more resilient and you spoke a little bit about resilience there and, and first you also mentioned this idea of not being very compassionate to yourself and I think that is a topic that I think we could almost fully generalize to the whole population of the world. Um, and that's probably not everyone, but this idea that we are our own worst critics, like um, I'm currently studying to become a psychotherapist. And amazing. when we talk a lot about compassion, we actually only spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. It is, it can really, really support people in the therapy room and in life in general. Absolutely. Um, because we are our own worst critics our own worst enemies and we are so hard on ourselves and mental health practitioners are seeing that in every single room they walk into and I think when it comes to personal experience and things like that you know I can put my hand up and say I'm not a very nice person to myself sometimes I'm sure Chloe you can be like me too yeah I have to stop myself and I've learned I'm saying oh when I thought comes in or when you're criticizing you have to stop yourself you know yeah absolutely everybody everyone's their own worst self-critics like everyone will resonate with that and when when we try to you know say someone's listening to this and they're like listen maybe like maybe I don't want that to be my story anymore maybe I don't want to be the only like the worst my own worst enemy living between my two ears and things like that for anyone who who think is thinking that right now how can we you know I'm sure there's so many different ways and from your page I know there is is there kind of a couple of different ways that maybe we can take away from this podcast and and people to try to become a little bit more self-compassionate? Yeah, yeah, sure. So the first thing really, and I've said, I've spoken about this in presentations and that is to acknowledge if you find yourself talking to yourself saying, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I can't believe I put on this weight, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. acknowledge how it's making, acknowledge the way you're speaking to yourself 
how it's making you feel and if you may be feeling it in a particular part of your body for me it's the chest if I'm holding stress is my chest so then replace it with some kindness and the way that I think is a really effective technique to do this it's so simple ask yourself if you heard a friend speaking to themselves in that way what would you say to a friend in the same situation and the way that we speak to somebody that we care deeply for and that we you know respect and love we will speak to them in a different way to the way we are speaking to ourselves probably um and whatever you would say to them say that to yourself say that to I rather than you mm-hmm. um it's so simple but so effective like so effective um so that's something that I would say as a starting point obviously journaling is amazing because you get, get it really really you know get everything down get the thoughts down but um that's really ask yourself what would you say to a friend in the same situation so simple but so effective and this is when it comes to different things it's like there is there's not a like a one-size-fits-all solution but there are different things that we can all try and see if it works for us so it's like is it journaling is it meditation is it um you know having that kind of sense of awareness catching yourself when you're being you know pretty cruel to yourself it's one of those things where it's like you know there is so there's twenty thousand things that we could do to to practice self-care but it's like what ones work for us or something that we have to figure out ourselves and and I do love this idea of like catching yourself like would you say what you're saying to yourself to a loved one like yeah probably no way probably absolutely no, no way way yeah <laughs> probably you'd probably go to I don't know prison or something if you were doing yeah. <laughs> what you were saying yeah. and I just think it, it's such a beautiful simple one and I think you know definitely something I'm going to be taking away um but when you mentioned compassionate co you also mentioned breath work and Mm. for me I know if my dad's listening to this um he is definitely starting to look at we saw basically the Irish rugby team a minute or two before kickoff or before sorry the last scrum of the game in the world cup last Sunday and they all huddled together and took a big deep breath and now that clip is going pretty much viral because Mm. of the kind of centeredness or whatever the comments are saying below that is a little bit of breath work, but I'd like you to tell me a little bit more about like this concept, what it does to us and where your role in your business, try to bring it into kind of the general population. Yeah. Yeah. So breath work, like we all breathe, we all breathe day to day, but what breath work entails is bringing conscious awareness mm-hmm. to the breath. Mm-hmm. And I've had people, you know, say I did a, a piece for a, a newspaper locally here recently, and they asked me about is mindfulness and breath work the same thing? Breath work allows you to practice mindfulness because you're moving into your body, you're moving into the present moment, you're connecting with yourself. So that is done through the breath. You're facilitating that mindful experience through your breath. And the, that's funny with the rugby team because what's that, what that's doing is just grounding, like bringing you back to the present moment now and focus, you know, but engaging in conscious breath work, what it does and some of the classes that I would run Hannah, in Killarney, a lot of them are, they're actually deep relaxation. And what happens when you practice slow, deep breathing, for example, I talk about this a lot because there's a huge evidence base supporting that. Engaging the diaphragm and, and engaging in diaphragmatic breathing, what it actually does is it resets your nervous system and it allows us to move from this sympathetic mode to parasympathetic. So sympathetic is that stress, like heightened state that we live in all of the time. Um, moving moving into parasympathetic into that rest and digest Mm -hmm. um and while sympathetic is amazing 
we probably all live in it a little bit too much and there isn't enough rest and digest in our body. So um, when we engage in that diaphragmatic breathing, using our diaphragms and, and consciously using the diaphragm to support the breath, um, it may be adding a count or it may be visualization, imagining a balloon in your belly, that kind of thing. Um, we're activating the vagus nerve and that's 75% responsible for parasympathetic activity. So it's, it basically balances and regulates out the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing, like amazing. And there's a reason why people are reporting so many benefits from it because, you know, when people report um, positive benefits from cold water immersion, mm-hmm. the exact same thing is actually happening in your body when you practice breath work because it's all vagal nerve vagal nerve stimulation mm-hmm. um so huge benefits for mental and physical well-being um cardiovascular health slowing down the heart rate mm-hmm. um increased heart rate variability which is the beats between your heart um and then obviously activation of that vagal nerve parasympathetic activity so it regulates the nervous system so slowing down that cortisol um and look everything is linked up the heart rate the cortisol the breath um so it's amazing and I've said this in my classes I think it's only the tip of the iceberg with it in relation to the evidence base that's coming out like there's huge amount of evidence coming out over the last couple of years three years particularly Um, you say say that we that we all breathe and it's definitely something that I think we we don't mm -hmm. bring conscious awareness to like only when we need to or when we're exercising and we can't catch our breath or when we're swimming and we're afraid we're going to lose our our opportunity to breathe and I think that you know, if again, it's like this kind of self-compassion piece, I can see how it ties in so well. It's like, if you actually just tuned into that for two seconds and recognize maybe how hard your body's working without you even giving, not just any credit to it, but slating it in your mind is kind of just mm-hmm. like, when you hear those words out loud and you see not just the research, but feel inside yourself, like how you feel when you are switching from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, um, when you are slowing down, when you're bringing conscious awareness, and I guess like that, this feeling of deep relaxation, which is what those classes are that you that you're, you ran, it's like this completely slowing down. I can just imagine how good that, that all those people would sleep after the class. Like- yeah, literally, they <laughs> the amount of people that have reported, they're like, oh my god, the sleep, and I'm like, amazing. Your body has been given the chance to relax, like you know, um. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's it's so it's so interesting to me because obviously I'm I'm really fascinated by by health and health promotion and and health kind of in general and how we can optimize it ourselves. But also, you know, I do think it, it's it's very interesting to talk to someone who is as interested in these things as I am because I think sometimes and and I think people will be able to relate relate to this in different ways, but we can over consume things like I know for myself even podcasts like I listened to us so many hundreds of hours of podcasts for years before I set this one up um, and with health and things like that there is so much information there are so many things that we can do social media tells us all these different things it can be so hard to dissect it all and figure out what we need to do or listen but you know you are you are a, like a health researcher a health expert and when it comes to, I guess, taking care of your own health and, and what you might do, um, I think it would be interesting for people to hear because we all have that kind of overwhelming feeling of, Jesus, there is so much things coming on. There are so many new trends and, and, and social media for all its benefits definitely contributes to this kind of 
pushing that we're not doing enough to take care of ourselves. But for you, Chloe, is there, yeah, what, what do you do? Because you, like, you, you know, you know, you know, from the health research side, you know, from the, the education side. Hey, my name is Hannah and I am the host of Greener Fields. If you're enjoying this conversation, make sure to leave us a rating, share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Greener Fields. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose for like a non-negotiable for me is like I will do a journal entry every morning. And that for me, even if I'm on the days that I'm feeling good, Hannah, I will still do it Mm -hmm. just to empty my mind, like whatever is happening, empty it. And it's on the page. And then even if there's something that I'm struggling with, it helps me just to figure it out, Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. out what needs to be done or whatever. Then I'll do some breath work as well. Like, and you know, my breathwork classes are an hour long. The breathwork technique that I would do day to day, I don't have time for that. Like I don't have time for an hour in the morning. So it might be four minutes mm-hmm. of just allowing my system to reset in the morning. And then other than that, I love exercise. But I had gotten to a point, I think, before that I was just, I was doing too much of it. And for me, we'll just say at the moment, I, I've i just started my career break, but I was working full-time. I was doing my part-time master's and then trying to run Compassionate Co. It wasn't feasible for me to do five days of exercise a week. Like was not possible. So if I can get three, great. And that's me looking after myself and not kicking myself that I'm not doing five. You know, I think there's a balance there. And I think that, like you said, there with social media, it can become overwhelming. You should be doing 10,000 steps. You should be doing the gym five days a week. You should be doing journaling X, Y and Z. And I think that it can just become so overwhelming. And it's important to just sit down and recognize what what is feasible for you to do to ensure that you're filling up your cup and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. If that's five minutes journaling in the morning, if that's getting out in the fresh air for 15 minutes a day, mm-hmm. and if that is doing a little bit of breathing, mm-hmm. these are not things that take a very long time, but just to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So like that for me, breath work in the journal in the morning and then exercise three to four days a week. Um, and then just sleep. Sleep is such an important thing. And I think that people brush over it sometimes but it is so important every night I'm in bed at 10 o'clock and like I'm an early riser days are busy everybody's life is busy everyone's days are busy sleep is really really important and even that if you're in bed you find it hard to sleep do a little bit of deep breathing for five minutes put on a meditation a guided meditation mm-hmm. just to allow the system to relax um so it really is back to basics but it's just to find those little slots in the day to get them in mm-hmm. and also not to try and do too much where you're kicking yourself because you're not getting these things done identify what's feasible for you and then go with that we we definitely live in a society that that probably undervalues rest and undervalues recovery um and it's 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 almost like you have to reprogram yourself to recognize that it's actually okay to sit down it's actually okay to relax it's okay to sleep all these different things because we have like grown up in this hustle culture it's like you know, grind, 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 grind. <laughs> and then you'll be yeah. successful. Whatever successful even means or looks like is so different. But we we that takes a lot of conscious awareness to recognize it where it's going and trying to figure things out. And you know, you, you mentioned that the different things that you would do to kind of those health 
kind of, I guess, habits and things like that. But where you do them is also very interesting to me because you have lived for the last 18 years or so in beautiful County Kerry. Yeah. Um, And as always, part of this podcast is talking about living in Ireland. We are going to get to the next bit move soon. But before we do, I want to know how you have found living in a beautiful part of the country for the last 18 years. I want to hear about the people I want to hear about the community the the pros and cons for anyone who's listening is thinking like I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who have just dreamt of just packing up one day and moving down to Killarney Tralee Jingle mm. um, and escaping all the hustle and bustle what has your reality been like growing up over there oh like I just I love Killarney like it's just have you been absolutely yeah yeah it's just like it's gorgeous it's the most gorgeous place and really and truly I I say this all the time you know sometimes and look this is obviously appropriate greener fields but sometimes people I think get caught up in this moving away moving away and that but for the likes of Canary anyway like oh my god I count my lucky stars that I have had the privilege of going up here like it's absolutely gorgeous and just even for when I was growing up did a lot of running and the national park was across the road from my house like just having that on your doorstep like amazing and even having like the likes of the Irish Open was on in Clarny a few times like it's just it's the most gorgeous place even I've spoken to people about the likes of like coffee shops like we are just blessed like it's something so simple but the variety that we have down here like it's just there literally there's truly no place like it like and I was even driving the last day and I was driving out and like the view of the mountains and starting to my dad's house and I was looking and I was like oh my god like I'm gonna miss this so much and it's something that we just take for granted well I take for granted probably too much being here all of the time but oh my god like it's just it's the most gorgeous place the last day I was on my lunch and I was like I'm gonna do a bit of breath work now and I went up and parked in this viewpoint in Ahado, Ahado just a place in Killarney overlooking the lakes like the mountains it was the clearest sky the most gorgeous day it was just like it's it's the best place you know yourself like Torque Mountain Mangerton like we are just Muckris Ross Castle like a talk all day like we're blessed it's just the most gorgeous place of all time it really is it, it's funny because I I moved to Mayo for about a year and a half I came back in yeah. June but I was there for a Mayo and a half in Westport um, yeah. and that effect that you like that you feel like you oh you probably didn't appreciate it as much yeah. all of my friends there f- f- like said to me or mentioned to me that like me being in Westport it's like they were finding it all out again for the first time so I was so in awe of being in such a beautiful town with the coffee shops and by the sea and Kirkpatrick that it just it it, it bloom it, it does still take my breath away even thinking about it like having that much natural beauty at your doorstep and, and Killarney and Kerry to be honest is very similar to I mean, different like landscape wise to Mayo, but very similar in their vastness, in their beauty, in the just the the variety as well of what you have access to. And I think when we think about being young in general, if you're not even thinking about being young in Ireland, so often what we see in the movies is the hustle and bustle of city life. We we see um, high rises, we see wildness, um, but sometimes I think a lot of the times the reality doesn't always match that and, and maybe that discourse can cause us a bit of discomfort but for you when it was you know you you went to college um you have subsequently I'm guessing lived in or at least carry for the last couple of years anyway how have you found this sense of 
you know, have your friends started leaving? Have they left already? Were they going, trying to figure out who you were after college, coming back as an adult, working, pandemic life? How has that kind of transition, I would say, into real adulthood, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that mm-hmm. means, been for you the last couple of years? Because, yeah, it's just, it just maybe maybe may have been different to what you thought and maybe it was the exact same as you had always hoped for. I'm not sure. Because I finished in the year that I finished my undergraduate, the year that the pandemic happened, to be honest, I was just launched into my career working in public health and there was such a demand for we need workers, we need workers. And so that was literally where my path went and nobody was really going away because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, my boyfriend actually moved to Holland for work. He wasn't able to come home. Like that was all through that time. So that was kind of tough. Um, and it's only really, Hannah, I think in this year that like my friends have started to go. Um, there was kind of a pause there for a while. And I think that there seems to be an influx of people at the moment that are going. Um, but one of my friends is gone and the rest are still living around Killarney. Um, but that adult life in the 20s like I think I was just because I was launched into my career it was just I just went with it and there's been huge amounts of opportunity um and it was great but I think that this year then I was just like look it's time for for going and it's time for travel you know um so yeah I think that it just kind of took its natural course like to be honest mm-hmm. um yeah yeah for me what I love about you in this conversation so far is, is your capacity to change your mind and be okay with changing your mind or yeah. you know a living living different versions of the same life and and just tr- I guess a lot of trust you know a lot of trust yeah. what's for you on Patsy Lai like you mentioned earlier it's like you just you, you don't fight back for things like that like you just you kind of recognize that what's for you on Patsy by so if there's a change of mind if there's a change of pace if there's another opportunity if if the career is a bit more focused for the moment and things like that it's like you you, you roll with it because you just know that 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 it will make sense in due course if it doesn't make sense right now oh yeah and, and when it comes to this sense of you know your you said you mentioned that like uh, we we graduated in the same year I guess so that March 2020 we were told we'll come back in two weeks I'll see you all soon for the, the graduation <laughs> and then we never went back and that was that yeah, yeah. that was it so yeah. I, I think we're all going to be kind of like living through that for the rest of our lives with that kind of like no closure at all um but when it comes to you know you mentioned a lot of your friends are leaving and you kind of hinted out at the beginning of the conversation um which is actually something I didn't even know before I picked up this call is that you're you're off next week and by the time this conversation goes out you'll be there wherever there is can you tell me a little bit about that decision to go in the first place and and how you made it um and then also where you're going and for how long and what's the story yeah yeah sure so um like like I said after that period of reflection like it was that was really what decided and then went back applied for the career break and I was like got the career break and I was like right this is it I'm going mm-hmm. um so we are heading for Sydney um next Tuesday yeah so we're doing a little bit of travel on the way over going to Dubai for a little while and then Bali afterwards um and headed for Sydney so really really excited feeling a bit of a mixed bag of emotions this week to be honest like a bit daunted a bit oh my god it's real is here um, like we're living in a house together at the moment. We're packing up this house and it just, it's all very real now. Um, like I said, mixed bag of emotions, excitement, 
bit nervous like it's a big move big trip um but overall really really looking forward to going um and really excited to see what it entails and what is to come in the next couple of months so we'll see it's it's such a big well I, I would consider it a big decision it's it's such a yeah. big move and particularly when you when you like the job that you were doing mm. and studying it's it's like you know very often sometimes people leave because they're they're trying to run away from something or they're not happy where they are but I think for you it was it was that wasn't the motivation the motivation just came from a bit of period of reflection and just a feeling that maybe said this is the time to go but that it wasn't some sort of big motivator something big didn't have to happen to make this decision um and when it comes to you know Sydney Australia and and you know being in Ireland I'm sure you picking up your phone at any time you do sometimes it feels like you're in Australia too because you have a lot of friends who are yeah on the icebergs or all that kudgy or kudgy yeah. or they're they're you know on the great western road or things like that mm. where are you going who are you going over with where are you going over to can we talk a little bit about maybe some of your fears going over and then some of your excitements because I think you are going to be very similar to a lot of other people who are in the same boat yeah yeah sure so I'm going with my boyfriend and we have like we have a couple of friends over there, but not like I have a cousin, one of his best pals is there, but not a huge amount of people. Um, so I suppose that's definitely one of my first fears, but also excitement in that I am going over and we are both going over not knowing a hectic amount of people, but also very excited for the new people that I'm going to meet. And I think that while it's a fear and while it is a little bit daunting not going over to a big group of people, I think it's also a really exciting opportunity because we're going to have to put ourselves out there and we're going to have to put ourselves out there to make new friends and make new circles. And that for me is really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to going and connecting with new people. I love connecting with new people. Even this conversation, I'm like, I love it. Um, so that's definitely a fear slash excitement. Um, then I think other than that, I think it just, for me, the, the big thing is, we spoke about this even this morning we were just on a drive getting a coffee and I just said like our life is really good here and like you said there like there's you know typically we've you know good jobs and we're really happy here and all but um it just felt like it was right and it was the time and it's the fear of is it the right decision or is it not um but I I think you just have to go with your body sometimes and I'm a big believer that your body's always talking to you and I have such a feeling oh my gosh this is just the time and this is it's going to be good um and then I think, to be honest, Anna, one of the biggest things that I'm excited for is in that period of reflection, I was thinking and I was like, what really makes me light up? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, it's it's using these research skills, but it's also using these to push them into Compassion and Co to empower people to take control. And I, I doing those breathwork classes, I can't describe the amount that it made me and how much it filled me up by bringing that experience to people. And that's something that, I want to focus on so I suppose I'm excited to try and get the best of everything if that makes sense so I'm going to go working part-time in research I'm really going to focus on doing the breathwork and compassionate co and then also to to also be drawing on that getting to see new places meet new people experience new things and for me that's really what I'm excited for is that I feel like I'm I'm getting to do everything that I want to do which is something that I feel super privileged to be able to do um and I think that that, you know, last year, that to me, that would have been like, no, it would have been too daunting. But 
I just think that like mindset, I think is a really mindset is everything and what you, what is for you and what I think that if you put your mind, anything that you put your mind to and you, you put your mind enough to, you make work. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I just think like that, being able to do everything, hopefully work out really really good and it'll hopefully all flourish and I'll be able to do it good and well so um yeah I I think a lot of people are gonna really really respect and resonate that and resonate with that and I think this this, the idea of this thing that you mentioned of figuring it out and what the hell that even means and what like I mean honestly every single conversation I've had in probably my entire life I was gonna say on this podcast probably yeah all comes down to we're sitting here just trying to figure it out like we're all just trying to figure it out um and figure out the answer and the next step or or what we should do and like you said before like I I would be a a big believer in that kind of like head heart gut feeling it's like Mm -hmm. your head is everyone else's opinions your heart is is your emotional side whereas your gut is you and and I that's how I would describe it that's how I feel it too um Mm -hmm. and we can so often try to ignore one of the gut or the whatever we try to ignore it mm-hmm. and if you give yourself that time through breath work or, or compassion or journaling or just nature space to recognize like what do you actually want what do you actually know I have a very sneaky suspicion that we actually already have the answers that we keep searching for we keep trying to figure things out with yeah. um we're maybe a little bit afraid of what those answers might be or we're just afraid of the fact that it would be on us like it's that it would be just for us to make those decisions but you know like you said yourself it's one of those things where it's like this this if it if it feels right and and if you have the the capacity and the the privilege like we've mentioned before to go traveling and things like that well then you know then then that's what you do and and obviously it comes with a price and as everything does there's always going to be the 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 side of the things that we lose out on we can't have everything all at the same time yeah we will be leaving a beautiful county Kerry you'll be leaving Ireland you'll be leaving your family and friends here at home oh. and not to make yeah. you cry because that is not the intention yeah. <laughs> but I'd love to know how yeah how you how you are I guess because you're in the kind of mindset well-being mental space how are you working through the fact that you will be leaving things behind to go see other things as well yeah and I think that I think this is the first week that you know we've been talking about it for so long but I think this is the first week that emotionally it actually has kind of been hitting me a bit like when we were packing up the house I was crying and I got back in my bags I was crying but like and and it's that oh my god what are we doing and it feels right but it's there is so much being left behind too and like that I'm with my family like super close like have the most gorgeous group of friends living in the most gorgeous town and there is so much that I am leaving here, you know, and, and that's the reality of it. And I don't think that people speak enough about that, actually, in that it's always that we're we're thinking about the next best thing and what what can we do? But what I have here is absolutely great. And, you know, and you know what? The way that I'm actually coping with this, Anna, to be honest, I'm telling myself I am the luckiest person in the world that I have all of this to come home to. And, you know, that I have a gorgeous family to come home to, a gorgeous group of friends, a gorgeous town and and that's something that I will have to look forward to when I have picked all of these other boxes off as well. Um, so while I am, 
I'm just going with the emotions. Like when I feel like crying, like I was packing my bag the last time my boyfriend came down and I was just crying. He was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> um, but just going with it and then reminding myself, if I go over and I don't like it, I can come home. And I'm very lucky that I do have all of these wonderful things to come home to whenever that time comes as well. This idea of things feeling right and then being super easy and it's like so obviously the right way. I don't know if that ever exists. Not right. for me anyway. I think things can feel right and still feel scary and, and yeah. things can feel right and still make you cry and all these different Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as an overly emotional person myself, I know what that can feel like. And it's it's I don't think things are ever a hundred percent. I don't think a hundred percent is even a proper number. It's it's one of those mm. things where you know, we can, we can make decisions um, and that, that even if they're not, e- even if it's not the easiest, even if it's the hardest thing or the easiest thing in the world, as long as we, we make something, we, we will always be sacrificing something for the another, but that doesn't mean that we lose it in, in the process, as you, if you know what I mean. It's like, we, you will say goodbye to your family and friends in Killarney, but that doesn't mean that they're suddenly all gone or they disappear no. from your memory. And luckily, like I said before, and, and um, a guy called Matthew on his podcast previously said, kind of made a comment about the fact that, you know, we're no longer like going on the Titanic and emigrating and never to be seen again, never to step foot. It. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's away. more connected than we've ever been before. And though sometimes that can drain us when it comes to, to, to social media and stuff like that, I think that would give me a lot of comfort if I was heading on a plane next week to know that you're never that far away. Um, and I think that is a really special part of being Irish or living in Ireland is that we do take that part with us wherever we go. We take the pride, we take the gas shorts, we take the shite talk, we take the Irish. And we try to spread that wherever we go. And, you know, you have learned so much throughout your life, Chloe, when it comes mm-hmm. to health obviously which I highly respect and rate um but also life in general when it comes to you know dealing with really hardships things that we wouldn't wish on anyone to business to to making this decision to try to figure it all out with that whatever that even means is there any bit of I guess advice that you'd like to share to anyone listening today that yeah about something that you've learned over the last couple of years that you just kind of feel like damn I wish I knew that a little bit earlier I think I think one thing that I have learned and it's definitely stood to me and it's just to embrace the no. Mm-hmm. Like I think that the yeah, this is definitely something that over the last number of years, like I think that we all and I, I don't know, was it just our generation or and the generations that are younger than us, or is it older people as well, but we spend so much time, I think, looking for something new, mm-hmm. like seeking this sense of happiness and this sense of the next best thing. And what else can we do now? And look, while goal setting and everything is amazing, and I'm a big, you know, a believer in it. I think that with the busyness of just how life is at the moment and, and social media and that we can sometimes get lost in what our lives should look like and what we should be doing and I think that if there was something that I could tell to myself when I was younger is just to embrace now. Like, I feel like there was years there that I lost thinking about what I should be doing, the next best thing and and always looking for something else. And I lost a little bit of what was happening around me at that time because of that. And 
it's when I was looking at the, the questions for for this podcast, one thing that I noted was, you know, even this holidays, for instance, that I've gone on over the last you know, the last year, 12 months since I've done that work on self-awareness and mindfulness and being present. The amount that I have enjoyed different experiences, not even holidays, just even if I was doing something here, the amount that I've enjoyed those different experiences by just being present in the now um, and not always seeking something else, it has made such a fundamental um change and it's been fundamentally important to my well-being and um, mm. so that's something that I think that's one piece of advice it's really broad but just try to embrace it now put away your phone if you're having like even for me Hannah one of the things I enjoy the most is sitting down having a coffee with my mom it's something so simplistic but like it's quality time it's connection and that's what we thrive on we need that we need that so embrace it now I think that will be something and even if it's even if it's challenge you learn so much about yourself to challenge, about your ability, about your resilience, about what you can do and what you can overcome. Um, so embrace the now. I think that's a good thing to take from it. And of everything that you you do and, and everything you hope to do and everything like that in between, what's your why behind it? What's your motivation? What are you, what drives you when it gets a little bit tougher or the more difficult moments or the bigger decisions? Yeah, what's your why? I think that like everything is just learning. I really do. And I think that there's so much to learn from everything that we experience and everything that happens to us, you know, um, and it that will feed into, maybe you mightn't see it right now, but it will always feed into you learning about yourself for something that may be coming down the line. Um, so I think that there's just so much to learn all of the time and we're all learning all the time every day. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's my way anyway. I know I'm a big learner. I'm a big lover of learning, but I think that <laughs> I think for everyone, there's always so much to learn um, from every situation. So, yeah. And looking towards the future, it is very exciting. It's very bright. It's going to be very yeah. warm, very, very hot. And yeah. <laughs> Can you please tell me a little bit about what you're looking forward to in due course in the future work? What what can people support you on what, if it comes to your business? Um, where are, yeah, what, what's your hopes and futures for? So short term, I suppose, like the, there's a lot to come for Compassion to but I think that I'm, um, hopefully go and embrace the experience in Australia like meet so many new people um continue to work part-time in research continue to bring these amazing breathwork experiences to people and empower people um to take control over their nervous system um and then for Compassion Co like that there's the online breathwork classes I have coming um and a couple of more exciting things um but I can't say just yet but that are in the pipeline um, so yeah, if people want to check out if they have any interest in anything that I said or anything, you can follow me on Compassion Co. Um, on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. Um, so yeah, that's well, we, will, <laughs> we will make sure to link um your page and everything like that with with the show notes for this podcast. But I guess just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for for joining me for this conversation. I have loved getting to know you, but also getting to know 
how you've gotten to know yourself in the process when it comes mm. to reflection, when it comes to the hard times, when it comes to making decisions, trying to figure it all out, like we're all trying to do forever. <laughs> I think we sign up for yeah. that, signing up for that. But it's yeah. been an absolute joy, Chloe, and I and I really am looking forward to following on and and supporting you with what comes next. I'm really thinking that you know, obviously, from another you know person studying exercise or. Uh, public health and everything like that that the the work and the learnings that you do and the fact that you're so passionate about research and learning and sharing that is can only be a good thing so yeah from from the bottom of my heart it has been an absolute joy chatting to you on greener fields so thank you so much thank you so much for having me hannah it's been gorgeous thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of greener fields to get involved, follow us on Instagram at Greener Fields and let us know who you'd like us to talk to next. Thank you so much again and I'll chat to you really soon.